Welcome to the Business of Betting podcast. Today I'm joined by James Siles from Better Edge. James, thanks very much for coming on. The Business of Betting podcast is proudly brought to you by the Betfair Hub from Betfair Australia. No matter where you are in the world, if you want expert articles from pro punters, from building automated models to betting psychology, check out the Betfair Hub. Betfair.com.au slash hub. Gamble responsibly. Today I'm joined by James Siles from Better Edge. James, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jake. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm looking forward to this, talking about what you've been able to build and, and what's going on in your world. Why don't you just start, tell us about James. Tell us where this journey started for you when it comes to technology and, and building things, let's say, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, how far back do you want me to go? I I guess I was I was born in Denison, Iowa, seven pounds. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think <laughs> for me, for me, uh, the vision behind Better Edge was definitely born because of my, I guess, my sports fandom. I grew up playing every sport that I possibly could in high school, um, which actually wasn't hard because I went to a high school with only 10 guys in my graduating class. So needless to say, it was tough enough to fill the football team, let alone the talent that required um, you to be on the team. So didn't matter how much talent I had, I was able to play every sport. And so that really started uh, my sports fandom. And then I didn't really get into watching sports until college. Uh, I went to University of Iowa, majored in accounting and management information systems. Um, met a group of buddies there, uh, really got into watching college football, the Hawkeyes and other college sports, and then started getting into more professional sports and watching more of those. And from a, a betting standpoint, I didn't start betting until after college. It's actually a, a funny story that I like to say um, on how I started betting. It was it was like eight years ago, March Madness. Uh, University of Wisconsin was playing in the first round of March Madness. I don't know who they were playing, um, but the over-under line was like 135. And, you know, all my buddies and I were Big Ten guys. And if you know anything about Wisconsin basketball, they typically wait until the end of the shot clock to even um, to shoot. And so them scoring 60 points at the time was crazy. And we knew they were going to win. So we were like, all right, let's take the under. Um, so we bet like 10 bucks on the under at the time. And uh, we won by like 15 points. It was way under. So we all thought we were geniuses and uh, quickly realized that um, we were not with later games uh, as we lost a bunch in a row. But that's really where I got um, the betting bug um, that kind of grew over the years um, and sort of merged with my technology background. I started um, building apps and stuff for my buddies and I to use to track our bets, track our competitions, and then started taking competitions that we were doing on weekends and taking them out of Excel and, and putting them in little web apps and then mobile apps and and so forth. And so that's really how, you know, my technology background started merging with with betting. Um, and then eventually um, I so when I was building all of these apps, I subscribed to Sport Radar, which I, is a company I know you're familiar with, Jake, um, to get data to, to help supply the apps. And, um, you know, a few years later, Sport Radar emailed me and asked uh, me to join an innovation challenge. And I had this idea brewing in my head. I reached out to a couple of buddies. Um, they made the idea better. And we went and pitched it at the Innovation Challenge and won. And so 
since then we've been um, building this product in the on nights and weekends and and finally here where we are today that's awesome and i can tell everyone listening to this who are gamblers um will know you know remembering a a spread or a total from eight years ago from a college basketball game in round one of march madness is a common thread among us uh us gamblers out there it's a weird thing i can't even remember my wife's birthday or you know my address (laughs) sometimes but i can remember you know similar things when it was a bad beat or or a good win like that it's it's funny how that's that's always the same but tell us through those through that period you know those years from you know when you're picking up betting and gambling what was that like going through that period because i know thinking back it, it was probably a nevada sort of sports betting environment in the u.s and and things were totally different to what they are today but just tell us, not necessarily specifics, but more like, uh, you know, within friend groups and things like that, how was gambling approached? How was it talked about? Was it only a, I guess, did it emanate from fantasy leagues and stuff like that? Or, or was it really a very common thing that even though it wasn't necessarily widespread in the media and widespread like it is today or, or the direction it's heading today? But uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a common thread. I think for us, <clears throat> it was almost felt as, um, sort of shady, um, you know, living in states, not Nevada and not New Jersey and, and some of the ones that were legal early on. Um, the only way to do traditional betting, non-daily fantasy was either to, to go to those places or um, have a bookie or, or some people that would use, you know, offshore uh, betting sites. So I think that it, it was always considered a little shady, which caused us to maybe not talk about it publicly as much as we do today. Um, but what I found really refreshing was instead of doing all of the stuff with um, the offshore sports books, we sort of started to create our own little betting ecosystems within friend groups. Um, so instead of having to go to a bookie, um, you know, if you have a large enough group of people, um, you're going to have enough people that like to take opposite sides of you. So you can sort of do betting within uh, internal groups, just like you would with a bookie. And, and that's where we started um, getting excited about betting and started to talk more about betting. So what makes you look at the betting space more than any other space? Because I'm sure you had plenty of other options, especially coming out of college and then through those first few years post-college, even sports media, sports generally, obviously sports betting is an option, among other things, especially with your skill set, you know, technology and those types of positions, whether it's out in San Francisco or anywhere else, are pretty prominent these days. What was it that made you sort of continue to head down the sports betting path? Yeah, for me, it was definitely a passion project. I know, you know, I was um, definitely big into the betting space pretty early on once I started. Um, and, you know, the passion sort of took over. And <clears throat> I did consulting for um, not almost nine years and saw a lot of different industries. And uh, something about, you know, betting on Saturday just kept me coming back to the the industry. And then when, you know, I started creating these apps on weekends um, and doing all of that, it just kept me excited about the betting space. And when, when you're looking at starting a company or you're doing an innovation idea, I think some of the best ideas are, are made by just looking at an industry and, and finding little tweaks and little problems that you think you can solve. And I think that's what we did with uh, Better Edge. And that also um, added to the excitement, um, going in all these industries, seeing where other industries are, are innovating and kind of looking back at, 
my passion, which is sports betting and not seeing some of the innovation that we're seeing in other industries. And so hoping to bring that to this um, space is definitely a passion of mine. Tell me about that period of time where you're spending nights and weekends and maybe early mornings tinkering with with this project. I know people, you know, a lot of founders and co-founders and early stage teams talk about it. Um, and you have like the images of like Zuckerberg on those movies, you know, hammering away at his laptop, building out the the web app or the you know writing code and stuff like that. But what's that period of time like? Because I'm sure there's plenty of people who haven't <laughs> built a business from scratch or or started a, a project like this from scratch. Tell us about those early days and weeks and months. Yeah, for me, um, you know, my my role in my real job at the time uh, wasn't you know, heads down coding. So there was a lot of learning that I had to do on my own to actually um, get the engineering skills to build um, a, an app, let alone a backend, modern, decentralized, all the things that are key for a modern tech stack. Um, so that was definitely a learning curve early on. And it was a lot of, you know, reiterating things that I had built maybe a couple months ago and then going back and rebuilding it a lot of late nights and weekends. Um, I know my wife started to get very tired of it before we actually created the company, you know, asking, is this ever going to be a thing or is this all just wasted time? Uh, so thankfully it hasn't been a waste of time. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of time, a lot of learning new things. And, um, yeah, I think when, for me, when you're passionate about something, it doesn't feel like work. So I think when you're all of a sudden looking up and it's 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and, you know, you've got a meeting in the morning with your real job, you don't feel as tired as you might if you were doing something that you weren't passionate about. So I think most people that are doing stuff like this are definitely passionate about doing it. And so that's what helps you kind of continue on and and go and, and make, um, you know, make the product that you're passionate about. And that's what we were able to do. So was the vision fully developed in those late nights with you and the team or has it evolved? Tell us about how how it started and then how it's progressed through to today, basically. Yeah, it, it definitely was not fully um, uh, developed early on. I, I think, you know, I had the idea of the initial Better Edge, which was initially going to be a traditional exchange um, similar to other exchanges you've seen. And then bringing on my other co-founders, they've definitely helped uh, build that idea into something um, better and more differentiated. And so um, it's definitely evolved since we've started um, almost a year ago. So tell us, what is Better Edge? Give us a, a description, either sort of back of the napkin, or if you want to dig deeper now, we can sort of hone in on exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, our tagline is a stock exchange for sports betting, but we're actually we're a lot more than that. Um, I like to think of us as a end-to-end <clears throat> sports experience app. So when people talk about sports betting, I think a lot of people just think of the action of placing a wager, whether you're at a sports book or placing the wager on a website. Um, but really, it's, it's a lot more involved than that. Uh, before you actually place the wager, you probably went to Twitter or went to some other website to get analysis to figure out, you know, where do I want to place a bet? And then you actually place the bet. But after that, you may have a third party app where you're tracking your bets or you have a spreadsheet where you're monitoring, you know, how much have I bet, how much have I returned on all these different sites, all these different casinos. And so what our vision is, is we want to actually bring all of those components of sports betting 
into one app. And that's what Better Edge is sort of becoming. Um, and so if you look at that same timeline, it's it's easier to explain Better Edge using that timeline. So we have our, our social feed and our social component. So if you sign up on the app, you get a social profile. And it works similar to other social media. You can get followers. You can comment on people's actions. Like if they make a bet, you can um, get a little camaraderie about talking about bets and, and positions and different prices that people are getting them at. Um, we also have more and more experts coming on the platform that are providing analysis and why they're picking games and all of that good stuff that you may get on other sites. That's starting to come on the platform. So you can use the social feed to get that information. And then you can actually bet on our platform as well. Um, so there are three ways you can bet. Number one is the exchange. <clears throat> so uh, just like a stock exchange, if you wanted to buy a bet, you just place an order out there for a side of a bet with a specific price um, or odds. And as long as there's an order on the other side, it'll fulfill into what we call a bet position. And then on our platform, you can you can use it just like a, a, a regular betting app. You can wait for that position or that event to end and take your payout or lose your, your bet. Or um, if the market's moved, you can actually sell your position back to the same market you bought it in. And as long as someone's out there willing to, to buy the new position at the new price, you can take a little bit of earnings uh, without waiting for the event to end. So it operates very much like a stock market. We try to use similar terminology like market orders, positions, limit orders, stuff like that. Um, so that's that's the number one way to bet. Uh, the second way is we do have the core peer-to-peer -peer functionality. So if you wanted to do a head-to-head -head challenge with a buddy, um, I know with my buddies, a lot of times we get a little crazy with lines saying, I'm so confident about the Hawkeyes this weekend. I think they're going to win by 20 or something. And people try to reel you back in. But it's a good way to, to do crazy lines or, or do more uh, intimate betting against people directly without adhering that um, bet to the market for the market to actually pick you apart. And so we do tracking on head to head stuff. So you can do some smack talk on the app and all of that fun stuff that you do with your buddies traditionally. Um, and then the third part of the, the betting component of the app is you can actually, uh, we have competitions. They're not like daily fantasy competitions where they're player based and, and you draft based on salaries. They're all event based. Um, so a good example is, you know, maybe one random week in the NFL, you've got 16 games on a weekend. Uh, you may be required to pick 10 of those games against the spread and the, the person with the most correct picks or the highest winning percentage takes the pot based on a different um, structure of payout. And we have multiple of those. Another competition type that um, I really enjoy is the wager based competitions. And so this is where you would um, purchase a ticket to get into the competition and then you start out with a thousand coins and then whether it's a time-based or event-based you can wager those coins on different events and you can double down on winnings and you can keep earning as much as you can during the time frame of the competition and then the person with the highest earnings takes the the entry fee and so um, that's where I think it's fun for people to do volume betting without actually having volume uh, of U.S. dollars that they're putting up, and they can win a lot of money on that. And the best part um, about all the, the betting types that you can do on Better Edge is we don't take a fee. And so I think that's our biggest differentiator in a lot of ways. Um, in our exchange, if, if an order gets exchanged, it's because um, the implied probability is added up to 100%. 
and not to get too technical, but when you go to a sports book and you buy, you know, a bet, let's say it's an even bet, you're still going to probably get minus 110 odds, minus 110 odds on each side. And so those implied probabilities add up over 100%. So that's the hold or the vig or the juice or whatever you want to call it that sports books are taking. We don't take that. And so um, a minus 110 bet, minus 110 bet on a sports book would be minus 100, minus 100 on better edge, assuming that the markets are the same. Um, so we don't take fees there. We don't take fees with head-to-head competition or head-to-head challenges either. Um, and on competitions, we don't take fees. So I don't know. I know a lot of people use daily fantasy sites um, and they do those competitions. And if you ever take time to look at the number of entry entries that are in there and multiply it by the buy-in, and then you compare it to what's being paid out, you can actually see the fee they're charging. And it's pretty substantive. And so that's a lot of money that I think we're taking out of an old business model and putting it back to our customers, which we're really excited about. And then moving down that timeline, everything you do on Better Edge is tracked. And so um, you can choose to share all your activity on our social feed so people can can watch you, see how good you are, um, gain followers that way. Plus, we're a very uh, analytical-driven system. So my background comes a lot of a lot from data analytics. That's what I did uh, day in and day out. And that's what we're trying to bring to our consumers as well. So when you're in there, um, everything you do, you get the power to look at that at your fingertips. So I, I like to think of a good example. Like if I want to bet Iowa on the road against Rutgers, but I'm curious, obviously, about how Iowa does on the road, that data will be in the app very shortly. But Currently, I can also look at, well, how do I do when I bet Iowa as a road favorite? Um, so a lot of those things are just at your fingertips, really easy to see without having you having to have you crunch the numbers and do all that yourself. So, yeah, that's that's really the best way I can explain it kind of in a nutshell, everything that's in there. Um, but, you know, we're growing every day. We're adding features all the time and uh, we're excited. There's a lot there. I want to ask first about the, the three different bet options you're talking about. So yeah. far or into the future, can you tell us how bullish you are on certainly the last two? Obviously, the, the matching a position and, and selling or cashing out a position uh, we've certainly seen over the years, and we'll hopefully see more of that here in the U.S., but I'm interested in your thoughts on those other two because, you know, head-to-head challenges where you can play with friends, for example, or, you know, everyone has text groups, WhatsApp groups, whatever it might be, Telegram and everything else, and the ability to make that a betting uh, environment or transfer that to a platform where you can have a similar experience hasn't been done perfectly. There's there's some options globally, but there's nothing that's fabulous at this point necessarily. But are you bullish on that and even the competition stuff? I mean, we've seen a little bit of that so far here in the US market, but certainly not enough. Even just the idea of having a place where you can go send your friends to do Super Bowl squares, for example, um, or some variation of your March Madness bracket and or drafting of those teams, Calcutta-style type things, it's not that easy to do. In this day and age, it's still pretty crazy that you can't go somewhere and have a uh, a full experience that's taken care of, but that's where we're at. So I'm, I'm curious on those two elements. Are you really bullish on that, or is that a ancillary feature to the to the matching and, and cashing out? Yeah, so it definitely started as an ancillary feature. Um, I think we're getting more and more bullish as as we've added more and more of the social features. So one thing I didn't mention is um, we have 
this groups feature. So everything you do on the app, you can do individually and join competitions individually and, and bet in markets individually. Um, but we also allow you to create groups amongst friends. So uh, just as an example, my college buddies, we have a group on there, um, all edge coin, all free currency. And I, I didn't talk about that yet, but um, we have a group on there and everything you do in the app uh, gets logged to that group. So you can chat in the group about what people are doing, um, get feedback on, give people feedback on what they're doing. And then you can also create competitions and, and head-to-head challenges all based on this group sort of ecosystem. And within there, you've got leaderboards, um, smack talk, a lot of other stuff that you can actually track just within your group, how you're doing, which um, was, you know, I think it's been great for a lot of people that are doing all of these things in spreadsheets and, um, and text messages outside of the spreadsheet. Now they get to do it all together and have it all at their fingertips. So we're definitely more bullish on that now. Um, I think at the beginning, it was definitely an ancillary thing to keep people in the app while the, the volume in the exchange grows. And you talked about the customer journey. It is true. Like I, I don't know anyone that goes to one place to find information that they use to help them with their sports betting or daily fantasy or whatever it is. That's an interesting component because it, it is obviously hard to stack a lot of good information as well as all the functionality you need into one place. Uh, certainly on the the size of a phone screen, uh, it's probably challenging. But how do you anticipate going about that to have uh, an all-inclusive package of information and functionality that allows someone to do, ideally, most of the things they want all in one place? Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a learning and iterative process. Um, you know, we've already... We probably changed the UX uh, a few times already since even releasing uh, late beta, and so you know we're taking feedback from users where where they they struggle to to stay in the app, um, where they may do things with their buddies that we don't have, and we're definitely logging all of that and adding them to our feature backlog, and so the the hope is the more we get our early users and even users down the road involved in the building process of the app the more it becomes their app and the more it becomes easier for them to say you know i'm in here this is what i was doing with my buddies all of the things that we're doing are part of the app and hopefully that's what helps them stay and and creates that ecosystem that um, they've got decentralized over everywhere else but from you're right from uh we're trying to do a lot in something that's held within your hand and so we our, our first hires were UX folks. So we're definitely working with them uh, and getting um, feedback from users, but plus also some expertise from them to try to incorporate that in the app. So gamblers are notorious for believing, we believe we have control over the event, over the, the bet itself, whatever it is. Obviously, as we know, that's largely an illusion, but in terms of tracking and trying to navigate all of the different bias or subjective elements that come you good example with you know iowa and if you're a crazy iowa fan you probably think your best place to bet well when it comes to iowa games and i think we'll probably you know figure that out that maybe that's not the case because of those biases but that component is that going to go how you think it is in terms of well people are going to see that and then they're going to change their behaviors or is i'm curious as to how you think that will progress because i think even though people say we say we want information we want to make better decisions 
Um, we think we're in control and we're obviously not and that's probably an illusion. And people probably don't want to understand that that's what's happening to them when they're betting on Iowa games and they're, they're not very good at, at picking uh, what Iowa's going to do week to week. So I'm curious, how do you think that will progress or have you got any data so far that says that people are using it in a way that we should or is it one of those things that it goes back to our our natural instincts and, and that's going to take over? Yeah, I think... I think early on, it's definitely the early users are using it as um, bias favorite teams to bet for uh, enjoyment. I think as we grow, um, we're likely going to see more of the professional style betters come in. And, you know, for that, I think one thing that's great on our platform versus, you know, Twitter and, and other things where, you know, every person in the world can go on Twitter and say, you know, they they picked Iowa correctly 75% of the time. Um, our platform, everything you do is authenticated and verified. So no matter what you say, your stats may show differently. So if you're looking to get advice from someone on whether it's Iowa or whether it's just uh, in general betting, you have verified data there to prove that they are actually knowledgeable in what they're saying. So we're hoping that helps people gain confidence in what they're reading from our users that are posting memos on our social feed. Um, And, you know, with that, I think with that confidence comes a lot more, you know, confidence in in betting decisions and and, uh, other things that you're doing on the app. Tell me about 2021. We've obviously got through last year, which is a nice thing to say out loud. What does this year look like? You mentioned before the team's growing, you're adding people, um, doing it more full-time as opposed to the late nights and an early mornings. Tell us about what a successful 2021 might look like. Yeah, so like I said, we officially launched in October of 2020. Um, so we're only a few months into this thing. And so we are really starting marketing efforts now. Um, so I think a, a successful beginning of 2021 is to see our, our user growth um, grow. And we were hoping that, you know, helps with activity, not only in the exchange, but also in the social feed and getting more people on the app to actually post content, post expert advice and, and all the things that we want to see the app become, um, start to see that happen in the early part of 2021. Um, we definitely want to see our team grow as well. I think, you know, for me, it's been it's been a journey not only when I was part time, but even now, uh, doing the back end, the front end, um, all of that stuff. So, hoping to see our engineering team grow. That way, we can, you know, we're, I I feel like we're very quick with feature development and getting new things out there. Um, but I think we can be even more quick if we we obviously grow our engineering team. Um, the other thing that we're really excited about early 2021 is right now our bet types that we offer are you know. Uh, winner money line spreads totals um, by the March Madness where we should have player prop markets available. Um, and then uh, after that, we're going to continue with new bet types and, and stuff going forward. So from a product innovation standpoint, we're definitely going to be adding new features as well. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're just hoping to grow users, um, get more feedback and definitely grow the, grow the product here in the early stages of 2021 so people that are interested in the product how do they go about using it? i think you mentioned very very briefly before about the 
is it the edge coin and, and how that operates so tell us a little bit more about if i'm a an interested person uh who wants to take a look and and be one of those early users what does that entail yeah so um you can get the app at, just go to www.betteredge.com um we i mentioned edge coins we do have uh fiat currency so we do have real money as well you can deposit us dollars and bet um, depending on what state you're in <clears throat> and we're legal in most states in the u.s so um, you can definitely do that. Uh, yeah, you, you go to www.betteredge.com, you hit join, you sign up. Um, if you want to use real money, we do have some know your client procedures that we go through. So you'll have to verify your identity, which you can do within seconds, which is very easy. Um, and then once you do that, you can deposit money and, and start start betting and start using the app. Uh, if you don't want to use real money, we have the Edgecoin version where you can use fake coins and play around and, and learn the app before you decide to that you want to dive in. Um, yeah, so uh, it's really easy to get started and get signed up. Let's talk a little bit more longer term. I don't know if you have a, a goal in mind or you've thought more than sort of directly what's ahead of you, but tell us about what that vision might look like. I know you talked earlier, it's a, a sports experience or it's a sports entertainment experience, all-encompassing and, and things like that. Do you have any thoughts on where this might head, especially if things go well, you know, in 2021 and then beyond what it might be looking and feeling like? Because I think it sounds like that plenty of people are trying to to build these type of all-encompassing experiences that include, you know, analytics and, and data and information that can help inform or, or guide people. It includes different ways to participate, not just placing a bet or, or laying or or playing a head-to-head challenge with friends, but having competitions and, and things like that, all different options based on the, the sporting event or you know even player props and things like that. But is there a, a way forward that you can see where someone might want to spend far more of their time overall on a, a single app experience as opposed to jumping around from Twitter or, or other places and, and then ultimately the final sort of step for them is to place a bet or, or engage, but... How does that process look like over the next few years? Yeah, our hope um, with that is that you know we we are going to be the low cost option when it comes to people who want to bet, and so um, since there's no big or no fee, so our hope is that people will look to us to be their first option before they go to a sports book or somewhere else because um, whether whether there's volume or not in the early days. Um, you know, being the low cost option, your, your, your cost of not getting the bet isn't as high as it would be, um, if you go to a sports book and, you know, you pay, you know, uh, 8% big on the same bet. And so once you're, once we're the low, since we're the low cost option, as long as people keep coming, um, to do the betting, we're hoping that the volume around, um, the other components of the app help take that person and sort of decentralize them to use other components of the app as well. Um, and I think from a long-term standpoint, if that holds true, we're going to have people that come to the app, not just to do the betting, but also now they see the social feed is active. They can start looking at experts and, and you know, really engaging there and then start using the other components of the apps with their, with their buddies and all the things that they're doing outside of apps or on decentralized apps today. Um, so I think that's our our vision for the long term. Um, we definitely have a lot of you know 
contingency plans in the work in the works for long term for better edge. I mean, you know, as we're looking at marketing and our group's functionality, you know, there's a lot of things that can be done with sports teams like the Vikings here in the market um, where you can create really core events and things that are very specific to a Vikings group where you get all Vikings team fans in that group and you can do all the things in the app for that group. I think that's definitely one of the visions long-term as well. And um, yeah, we, we definitely are constantly thinking of, you know, contingency plans as we go forward. Did 2020 have any impact on you or, or those directly around you in the marketplace or just the market generally? Because I'm thinking it, it may or may not be that re- or that evident right now, but I think that it may have had a, a lasting impact with respect to the ability of some of these businesses to continue um, obviously the, the changing landscape of sports betting and how that's evolving as well. Has there been anything major in 2020 that either helped you along or has hindered the process so far? Yeah, uh, really, you know, thinking back at 2020 and where we were when the pandemic started, um, we were definitely bootstrapping, which I think, you know, when you look at other companies and big competitors in the space where they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars and they get hit with something like, the pandemic, um, it, it benefited us in a way that, you know, we weren't spending any money. So we were able to just go heads down during the, the pandemic and build and build and build. And, um, now that we're sort of hopefully coming out of it, we get to come out of it with a better product, but no debt. And so I think that is going to be huge and beneficial for us, uh, in comparison to some of the competitors that were spending money prior to the pandemic. And, had to, you know, shut down maybe for a little bit because sports shut down. Um, So I think that part helped us from just a a team standpoint. uh, You know, we didn't really get together. I I told you, Jake, earlier, you know, we started the company with three people and all three of us had a baby in the same year that we started the company. So uh, we were all pretty cautious when the pandemic started. So the team had to change and do everything virtually. We, We didn't really get in person at all. So some of that was, you know, tough and and trying to navigate where we wanted to take the the company, and I think we figured that out. And so I think, you know, we're ready for 2021 better than what we were ready for 2020. So that's exciting to us. One last topic I want to hit on, uh, not a gambling topic necessarily, but you talked about the innovation challenge. You see a lot of these sports tech groups or or competitions or challenges or um, programs, whether it's even at a league level, there's different accelerator groups that, that exist uh, at sports league level, even you know, out on the West Coast, there's plenty uh, in that sort of tech ecosystem. What's the benefit to be gained from those? I know you've talked a lot about you know product iteration and people talk about, all the people in the know, certainly not me, talk about different you know sprints that you might do over a week to help uh, products, you know, develop and grow and things like that. What's the benefit of, of partaking in those different ecosystems? Yeah, for me, it's definitely the people that are in them. So you, you get feedback, you can kick ideas off of other people and, and get their feedback, which has been very beneficial. I mean, there's, you probably have, you know, a hundred ideas that 99 of them have already been attempted and maybe even a hundred. And it's not necessarily the idea that's innovative. It's, how did I take that idea that someone else attempted and then they gave me feedback on what went wrong? And then you have to try to make it a little bit different, do tweaks here and there. And so that's definitely been beneficial. And, you know, for me on the innovation side, what I find awesome 
in other industries that I think we're trying to bring here into the betting industry is it's not so much product development. I, there's so much innovation in bet types and, and products and new apps and new fancy things, but it's innovation in business models and revenue models that I think are going to really be the ones that are going to be impactful long-term. Um, you know, in my years in consulting, I saw a lot of industries and, you know, looking at the betting industry when it comes to business to consumer operations, it seems to be lagging in other compared to other industries that do the same business to consumer. For example, you don't see fees being driven to consumers anymore in most industries. Uh, I look at financial services industry just five years ago, you you didn't even think twice about paying a fee to to buy and sell a stock, right? You paid $8 commission to buy and sell a stock. Uh, a company like Robinhood came around. They didn't reinvent how to buy and sell stocks necessarily. They may have made it easier, but that wasn't, I don't think, the biggest innovation that they did. The biggest innovation they did was they changed their business model and operating model because of uh, new tech stacks and, and new ways you can create companies. And passed the benefits of that along to their consumers to where now it's just standard. You don't pay a fee when you buy and sell a stock. And so I think our hope with the innovation that we're bringing to the space is, you know, by not charging that fee and changing the way our business operates and our revenue models, that that takes a foothold in the industry. And all of a sudden you start to see people catch up and, and not be able, and, and pass that benefit onto the consumer to where it becomes second nature that, you know, why am I paying a fee to buy a bet? It shouldn't happen. So I think that's where we're excited from an innovation standpoint. Um, definitely, there's a ton of innovation around products and stuff that are, are coming out as well that is also very exciting. Yeah, totally agree. It's been a an interesting evolution, certainly on the, the Robin Hood example, but there's still plenty of others where it's lagging behind. Even, you know, I've lived in different parts of the world and over the years trying to even transfer a couple hundred bucks uh, internationally has been insane. Uh, it's getting easier now and there's some better options, but it's always been, well, you can use TransferWise or a few other places and you get hit on the, the exchange rate and then there's a the fee for the transaction. It's like, well, do I really even want to send someone a hundred bucks for their birthday anymore? And, you know, even here in the US, everyone uses Venmo and that's sort of the, the way to transfer domestically and it's simple and easy, but it's no different to what PayPal or others started out to do. It's just a, a variation on the same thing, but done from an execution standpoint probably a bit better so it will be interesting to see if if that's the path that the sports experience industry takes whether that's sports gambling whether that's other iterations but it it does seem like there is a a strong chance that that model will change yes and and i look at another thing in the finance financial industry that on the b2c side that they're doing that i could foresee you know, the, the betting industry start to do, um, and better edge being a central source of that change. And that's companies like mint, um, Truebill, all of those companies that are able to bring all of your financial data from all of these different sources and bring it together into one central location to where you can see where you're spending money and doing all of those cool things. I think betters, you know, we bet at so many different casinos, we go to different places and place bets and, I think opening up access to my data as a consumer at all of these different places via APIs and via OAuth type connections to where we can start bringing the data that you're betting, your betting data from other places and incorporating it and marrying it up with your betting data on BetterEdge 
and other places and show you a full picture on where you're winning, where you're losing and doing all that. Casinos definitely have that in their back end. But I think opening that transparency up to the, the players and the betters would be uh, a massive innovation change that we can't do ourselves. We need the, the industry to start to move that way to open up that access. But I would like to see that happen as well. Yeah, no, I agree. So one final question for you. You've obviously been at this for a while now, uh, obviously, you know, part time and now obviously full time. What advice would you have for those who are looking at the, the gambling space, wherever they are in the world, and think, you know what, I have an idea or or I want to take an idea further and be better at the execution part uh, and so on. What have you learned over the past couple of years developing and, and building out Better Edge and the team and the, the people? What would you say to those who are interested in, in going down that path now? Yeah, my, my first advice would be um, you might think you can do it alone, but don't do it alone. Uh I think for me, you know, the idea that I had would be so bad if I didn't bring in the people that are, you know, help me co-found the company and bring in all the advisors we brought in uh, from different companies that have started and may have failed or that have started and been successful um, to get their advice on, you know, what we want to do before you start spending hours and hours and hours on building it and, and money on um, marketing Um I think that has definitely been a, a learning uh, curve for me, and I'm very glad I brought the people in that I did um, to help me see that. And so that would be my biggest advice: just bring in other people to bounce the ideas off of first before diving in and making um, a big investment in it. And uh, start uh, the company without before you have kids. I would say that's a big one. <laughs> that's probably tough for some people, but I'm sure there's there's plenty of people out there who are. <laughs> trying to figure it out. And I, I guess just a quick follow-up to that. Has it been, I mean, obviously with your background and experience in, in on the technology side, I think that's one area that plenty of people have challenges with. They may not necessarily know what it's going to take to be able to build an app. You know, can I outsource it to someone in California, someone in India, someone in Manila, someone, you know, locally, how, how all that works. For someone who's not tech savvy, is that a barrier that's... Uh, too 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 high to climb let's say or is it something where if you bring someone in you can solve that pretty quickly yeah you can solve it pretty quickly uh, especially with modern tech nowadays it, it's not hard to build an app i think the difficult part with building an app is making sure you have the right support structure in place to manage it going forward uh, i think that's a challenge when you go offshore and have someone build it for cheap um, the other thing with building an app is I think a lot of people just see the front end of the app and think that's the app. Um, the back end is the, you know, the bones of it. It's, it's what makes it work and it's what makes it scalable. And so, um, just making sure the person you bring in is either part of the team long-term, I think is always a good solution to help make it scalable. Um, but if you're just looking at a quick prototype see if it, if the idea works. Um, it's not, it's not hard to overcome that barrier and it's not too expensive either. Tell us where we can follow along. Are you guys on Twitter? Are there any other places where we can see progress? Obviously the, the website you mentioned before, is that the best way to, uh, to track things and get involved? Yeah. If you go to www.betteredge.com, all of our social media handles are on there. Uh, we also have a Slack channel for all of our users. Um, 
where they're, they give us feedback and where we take feedback and, and try to put them into the app. Um, but yeah, if you go to the website, you can see all our social media feeds and, and follow us along there. Awesome. Well, best of luck, James. I hope uh, things progress quickly and, and everything goes as planned. Uh, it'll be fun to play around and, and use the app in 2021 as these sort of big events start to definitely happen. Obviously, 2020 is a bit of a strange year, but uh, very exciting for you and the team, and I certainly wish you all the best. Thank you, Jake.